Welcome to the Everyday Guru Podcast with your hosts, Jared and Tiffany. Each week we interview everyday gurus who are full of wisdom, love, and laughter. Hope-filled stories that need to be shared with the world. We love receiving feedback. Please share, leave a review, or best of all, a voice message. If you find value in our podcast, please consider supporting us for as little as 99 cents a month by visiting anchor.fm forward slash everyday guru forward slash support. Hey, everybody. This is Jared, the everyday guru. I have with me Tiffany. Hey, everybody. And Jason Lynette. Jared, Tiffany, how are you? We're doing great. So I hear you're a hypnotic influencer um, expert. Who uh, helps entrepreneurs and business owners to close more premium sales? So, uh, how about you just take it away and tell us how you do that? Because I personally, when I hear, think of hypnotists, I think of somebody that you see at a park or at a private party. So mm-hmm. this is new to me. Yeah, and that's where most people's first introduction to hypnosis is very likely from, like the stage entertainment, like a comedy show. Uh, Mm -hmm. When meanwhile, the larger part of the community is, let's say, more hypnotherapy using the process for personal change. And I've kind of dabbled in both sides of those over the years in terms of the work, whether it's seeing a client, helping them to overcome a fear, working with somebody to change a behavior, or even taking the messaging of this to, let's say, a corporate group and blending it into a presentation. The sort of side story to all of this was that maybe from the side benefit of growing up in a family where everybody was an entrepreneur, I never once thought that the idea of launching your own business had to be hard. So I kind of jumped in with everything all at once just to go, hey, let's see what's going to happen when I do this. And, And the discovery over time was that the same techniques that I was using to help my clients turned out to be the same conversational, influential, linguistic strategies to move somebody towards the place of making a decision. And the disclaimer to all of this is it's always under the premise of ethical influence, positive persuasion, that you know your business can change people's lives, yet perhaps you don't yet have the right words to inspire them to take action. Well, what I do is I share with people some hypnotic language hacks to become more influential, more convincing inside of what they do and help people to reach again that common shared mutual outcome. So it's not just about hypnotizing you to become more confident. It's about Mm -hmm. letting your delivery, your presentations become even more hypnotic. Ah, so you actually do hypnotize clients if they want to be hypnotized, of course. That's what uh, I opened up. I'm sitting here in my office in Virginia as a hypnotist, which has a really good name for that business. That's Virginia Hypnosis. We made it easy on people. And that's where (laughs) that opened up back in, when was that? November 2009. I've spent most of my career working with clients one-to-one. But what was happening was that my private clients were doing the standard thing we do nowadays and looking us up. And they were seeing the presentations I was doing at hypnosis conferences, marketing conventions. So the story that kind of illustrates it was she came in for a fear of public speaking. Yet the longer we worked together, the fear was going down. And she's then going, hey, would you look at my presentation and at first I was kind of dismissive. And as soon as I saw it, I went, oh, you're, you're not opening in a way that grabs people's attention. Let's move this to here. Let's move that to there. So over the years, I was doing this hybrid approach of combining the work of actually the personal development, as well as that business consulting aspect, which is where that's what led to my 
hypnotic language hacks podcast. That's what leads to a lot of these conversations with great people like you. Oh, thank you. I'm honored. Yeah. <laughs> Speechless. Look at that rapport established in the first three minutes. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, shoot, now I got like blushing here through the microphone. What about Tiffany? She's probably blushing a little bit too. She blushes a little oh, yeah. than I do. Ah, oh, sigh. So, um, so I was looking at your potential topics for discussion and thank you for sending me that sheet to help us out there because like I said, we, we've never heard of being able to use hypnotism, yeah, hypnosis in a, in a business type environment. You know, we mm -hmm. hear about like, you know, therapists and social workers, but you know, never uh, hypnotists. So it's so interesting to us. Well, we often hear, especially, and not to go off on this tangent, but we hear that, you know, sometimes advertising is making use of, let's draw a line here between hypnosis and let's say hypnotic themes, that the ability to have a repetitive message, the fact that even if you've never bought shoes from Nike, when you see the swoosh, when you hear just do it, you know where that's coming from. We have certain brands and jingles that are embedded into our minds. So the people who are on the business side are very well trained in this stuff as well. And my whole mission with this is the fact that people again have outstanding skills, outstanding services that they provide and products too. And it's about again, putting the right words in the right order that all communication is influential all communication is persuasive. So if we're going to be doing those things anyway, we might as well do it effectively. So basically what you're saying is everything that we say is influential to a point. Yes. And by putting the right words in the right order, as well as our sequencing of our conversations as well. So to look at, here, here's a simple example. Let's say somebody is popping up on their website and people are now engaging on their devices and looking at you very often at times where they're not able to make a buying decision, which is maybe the most polite way I can say they're looking at their phone on the toilet. So <laughs> oh, <they're laughs> deny oh it. So God. here they are and they're engaging with you. And it's that opportunity to build rapport in advance of that person buying our product or signing up for our service or even calling us. So we now know that in the 21st century, in many ways, a website is really a platform to show videos, build yep. rapport through the screen. This way, as whatever the product or service begins, they already know you. You already have that rapport naturally. And there's a premise that I live by, which is that invite the audience to care before you ever ask them to listen. So this is where many people would pop up and just turn on the camera and let's use a different profession for this. Hi, I'm Joe and I'm an accountant and I specialize in nonprofits. When instead, if this video began with a story, something to grab people's attention, something to pique their curiosity, part of the mind is now being swept into that experience. That's that hypnotic quality of that. They're being mm -hmm. swept up into the experience and now the mind, instead of putting up a wall because now very clearly it's a sales presentation. They're now leaning in wanting more, which I'll give everybody a strategy to do this right away. If you're doing a video, one of the easiest things, this is one option out of many open with a question, invite the audience in. And just to get technical here, don't let the question be something that's binary, either a yes or a no. Do you want to renovate your basement? No, I don't have one rats <laughs> instead let me introduce you to the one word version of a classic phrase that we all grew up on. 
once upon a time, which would be weird for a basement renovation company. Test it out, see what happens. But instead, imagine how much you could enjoy your basement even further if it's dry throughout all the seasons. And for the audience, this is that moment of metaphorically blowing that dog whistle. And now the people who want that are going to keep listening. So then only later, after you've set some value and brought them into something, then hit it with, hi, I'm this person and here's what I do. And that's going to immediately help you to stand out in any marketplace because most people are trying to run their businesses as to, here's who I am, buy my stuff. Let's build <laughs> rapport. Let's build relationships. Even better, let's create a state of fascination and curiosity in people's minds so they want to stick around for more. Yeah, that is so true because it's the way you laid it out because me and my marketing background from reading LinkedIn posts and stuff, I hear about that, you know, telling a story, open-ended questions, stuff like that. But to actually relate it from a hypnotical standpoint, yeah, yeah it really drives the point home. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, it's, again, to look at if we're going to address this from a behavior change mindset, uh, there's a well-known physician who wrote a book years ago on the topic what was the name? Uh, Dr. Leo Marvin, who talked about breaking our goals down to individual steps. And this is well-researched, and some of your listeners may be smirking because, yes, Dr. Leo Marvin was the Richard Dreyfus character in the movie What About Bob? Um, oh, my God. Bill that Murray. movie is so funny. <laughs> um, baby steps onto the boat, baby steps onto the dock. And it's to embrace the fact that if, from a personal change goal, if – I want to now exercise five days a week, but I'm not doing it yet. How do we get that smallest of easiest wins? The fact that now, okay, I'm at least getting up and I'm walking around the neighborhood. I'm getting something in motion. I've got this phone call that I've got to make to my cell phone company because something's wrong in the bill. I'll put in the earbuds and I'll walk while I'm having this conversation that I don't have to be sedentary for, which we're now training a mechanism of here's a cool pattern that anyone can use in their communication. The more that X, the more that Y. So the more that I'm walking, the more natural it becomes for me to continue doing that. The more mm -hmm. that we have this conversation, the more you start to realize, again, all of our communication is influential. And the more you realize our communication is influential, the more you can begin to realize and harness some of these specific patterns to do it on purpose rather than by accident. Yeah, and I think too sometimes like the like I'm just listening to your voice right now, man, because my you know my good my good headphones or I think you hypnotize people before I'm not sure what it is, but I I find myself like bobbing up and down, you know what I mean, like kind of rocking, like so maybe you're doing it to me, you know, right now. Are you, are you bobbing, Tiffany? No. Oh, okay. Sure. I guess it only works on me then. I am. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a poll on the audience after. Are you being hypnotized while listening to Jason? If you well, are, here's the thought too. Here's the thought that. It's not just what we say, it's also how we say it. So here's another simple strategy that people can make use of. The awareness that we are metaphorically shining a spotlight on the words that we're speaking. So maybe perhaps in the outcomes of what you do, let's take a service-related industry where someone is an accountant and they're looking at giving their client a few options in terms of programs. Maybe hey, here's our quick clean up your taxes and file things. But then again, they perhaps have like a full service accounting and bookkeeping thing, which really that would be the premium offering. Mm -hmm. It's where it's a very subtle, slight strategy to emphasize the result that we want and to de-emphasize the result that we don't want. 
So many okay. people, you know, often make the choice of just simply going through this process and just, you know, having us file your taxes. Though what I'd share is that when we're able to really go in and do everything for you and just let this be this, as the great philosopher, um, Ron Popeil used to say, set it and forget it. <laughs> to have <laughs> it this never there, happened, though. running this nature of your business and just check in with us and be able to find out, oh, you're ahead this year. You know, that's what most of our people end up doing. So mm -hmm. it was a very slight strategy that I kind of softened the delivery of one, but I kind of leaned into the other. Gotcha. So it's where we can start to, again, metaphorically shine that spotlight of focus to start to influence towards decisions, which some people would go, is this manipulation? Well, it depends on the criteria. If you can look at the fact that they would be pulling their hair out, if they had any, they'd be pulling their hair out, <laughs> stressing over the accounting if they hired that sort of starter service. But then again, if they invested in the entire thing, it's now done for them and that frees up more time to better run their business, to step away from the business and spend time with their family. This is when we can find that sort of through line, this changes the dynamic because now it's not just that it'd be nice for me to make more sales. No, it is my ethical responsibility to serve this client better by giving them the best options possible. Oh yeah, I mean, there's an old saying, it's not what you say, it's how you say it, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of times it comes, it's good that you're giving an advantage to like the smaller guy, you know what I mean? Because like you said, Coca-Cola, Nike, all these different companies, they probably, correct me if I'm wrong, but they probably have hypnotists and social workers. And, you know, I'm sure they have a panel of these people who just sit down and brainstorm. Well, how can we, you know, influence people to make more sales, right? So well, here's the best way to think of it, that the old phrase, a picture is worth a thousand words. But then again, the words that we speak start to create, let's step away from the word picture. The words start to create representations. So you and I are not, in the space together. So I don't know necessarily whether you're predominantly a visual person or easy to guess with podcasters, auditory, uh, or somebody who's more <laughs> right. of a feeler. So it's the fact that if I can let my language start to inspire new images in your mind, and then even better, as much as this may sound as if I'm giving people speech patterns, I mean, it's where I I, I teach strategies for sales writing using hypnotic principles. I teach a high ticket closing process and how to get more testimonials using these principles. Yet the strongest influence you could ever make use of is what you can elicit by remembering the old principle that we have two ears and one mouth. And oftentimes it should be a little bit uh, proportionate. <laughs> to <laughs> often ask somebody, as you're considering this program, what does that mean to you? What's that going to create for you? And listen, this is why most people don't remember names. Um, it's not that they have crappy memories, it's that they weren't listening. It's mm -hmm. said <laughs> to listen to what their criteria is and then appropriately feed that into what we're now sharing with them. Yeah, there's an actual rule too, I forgot where I heard it, where you should listen for umpteen amount of time and then speak for umpteen amount of time. I don't know what the actual rule is. I usually try to let somebody talk for, you know, three, four minutes before I interject. You know what I mean? That seems like a good, so give somebody like a paragraph or two, then, you know, break in and talk a little bit, you know? Which I like that. I love the premise that frameworks equal freedom. When we have a framework, like for example, teaching somebody how to do a video on their website so that now, by the time to get to the offer, people are ready to take action on it. It's helpful to have a framework, 
Yet the benefit of then having a framework is that when we have a good reason, we can break the framework, um, yeah. which I could go extremely obscure with the reference to this, that mm -hmm. uh, of course, in all of Shakespeare, uh, most of it was iambic pentameter. It was 10 syllables on a line, bup, 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 bup. Because if you read it that way, which don't, uh, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, but soft, but light through yonder window breaks, which <laughs> don't do it that way, that's crap. But it's where so much of his writing was in that formula. And the delivery of that should be, and I wasn't an actor, but uh, but soft with light through yonder window breaks. Because the audience has to understand that a light is turning on, the, the mm -hmm. scene that's on the balcony, which by the way, the play never mentions a balcony. Everybody puts it on a balcony though. That's what sticks hmm. from the watching the movie. It's the the longer we chat, the more obscure the references are going to get. I get them up because I have no I have no clue what you guys are talking about. I'm glad you <laughs> but guys. But I bring know this up because... because it's only in a few of those now more than 500 year old plays, in only a few of them, did he break that, and the places where he broke that rhythm are inside of speeches like to be or not to be speeches oh, from Macbeth, gotcha. the places where very clearly something was different and he had to mark it out to the audience to make it stand out <laughs> so it, it's to really recognize that the specificity of the words the way that even i you know work with private one-to-one -one clients in a consulting process and sometimes people's schedules get in the way there's conflicts throughout their uh, lives and things pop up last minute and as much as i have many things up in the air in the shape of my business, people are surprised to find I don't have a cancellation fee. I, I don't. Um, I have a rescheduling policy. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yet when we say cancellation fee, the mind hears penalty. When mm -hmm. instead it's rescheduling policy, courtesy, and they're thanking you as they're paying what actually was a penalty payment for missing and losing the time. So it's about bringing that right intention. What words can we use that inspire the right images, feelings, sensations, and people's thoughts? And again, it's the sequencing of it. Draw them into an experience, and only then, hi, here's what I, here's who I am, and here's what I do. Oh yeah, and you see a lot of that. I'm trying to rack my brain in like two or three seconds where you see something that's really a penalty, but it's not. You know what I mean? I mean, it is a penalty. But it's worded in such a way where it's not, you know, like, right. like uh, banks, especially they don't like to, you know, they're trying to get away from fees and they're trying to call it something else. I'm <laughs> my brain can't think of it not right now, but you know what I mean? Oh, oh that brought um, me somewhere specific. I forget the reference, but it was a convenience fee. I'm there like, you go. Well, it's they not convenience. That it I'm giving you 12 fee. bucks for something I didn't have to pay for. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, yeah, well, that, I was going to say it, but, but that had fee in it, so I couldn't use convenience fee, but that, yeah, they added a convenience. But, like, oh, they're like, oh, perks, that's a good one, member perks. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Oh, if you get this, you get these member perks, or, oh, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's all uh, different ways banks try to uh, get the extra buck. But, uh, Which, I mean, you know, in the programming. Okay that to look at the way that we present a piece of information that, and this is often a thing that holds people back in the personal side of things, that they might be holding on to some specific story, some old conflict, some old perception as to why something was difficult. The, the best way to really illustrate this is this goes back three or four years ago. And in, in the book that I wrote, Work Smart Business, this was the opening story that one day in the office changed all that I did. 
of two guys came in. They did not know each other. They did not cross paths. Only by coincidence, they had the same story. The guy in the morning, now that I'm retired, this is the perfect time to lose weight. I have time to go to the gym. I have time to exercise at home. I have time to cook for myself. I was previously, you know, government contractor. I'm near DC, government contractor mm -hmm. on other people's hours. Now that I'm retired, this is going to be so much easier. The day rolls out. Here comes my four o'clock appointment. Now that I'm retired, this is going to be impossible. I'm going to want to <laughs> sit around at home. I'm going to want to go out to eat with friends. We're going to be going on vacations. I know I've already paid you, but I don't know if this is the right time for me to do this. And, and to give the change process some credit, they both were doing quite well in the private programs. You could probably guess which one was doing better than the other, though. And <laughs> yeah. there's the day that I politely um, snapped and went, you know, funny story of the first day you came in. And as if by simply calling out the story, suddenly <laughs> then they were both doing doing well at the same pace. So so for anyone listening out there, you know, think what are the reasons you might have been holding yourself back inside of what you do? What belief systems are you still subscribing to that maybe don't even have to be yours anymore? And, and realize that to someone else, that same conflict could instead be the catalyst to go, you know what, enough is enough. This is what I'm doing now. And then to kind of put that head down and really begin to build out this project and you know, jump into something that's probably just been a goal or an idea for a number of years, but now becomes something of reality. Yeah, good, good uh, something to think about. <laughs> Take me a little while to think about that. That's a little pretty deep there. So um, I was actually, as you were talking, I was actually thinking of questions I could ask you. So what about like hypnotic language patterns that business owners could use or benefit from? Yeah, so so much of what we can do simply comes back to feeding back the information that we've heard. It, it, we can talk about language between two contexts. One would be that of pacing, which is simply getting in rapport and feeding back some of the language that we've heard of. So maybe here's someone who's reaching out to me and their challenge is that they're spending money on advertising, they're kind of going out to different markets, and yet people are, this is a lot of my community, that the, the the ability to attract people, the ability to be found is not necessarily their conflict. The problem is, this is going to be the horrible uh, butchering of a metaphor, uh, they have the dartboard, but the dartboard is not yet sticky. And I know that's not how dartboards work. So their issue <laughs> is that of maximizing that user experience. So the people who hit their websites, the people who watch their videos are then appropriately compelled to then take action and move further into that business process down the funnel, whatever it might be. So the simple nature of just simply pacing, which would be as we're listening. So you've been doing videos for your website. And I'd only say that because they've expressed that as well. Yeah, but those videos haven't been working for you. And, and what this does, and again, this is not necessarily using my patterns, it's using theirs, is that by doing what we call strategy feedback, by feeding back their communication mechanisms, the beauty of that becomes is that it invites somebody to then open up. People make decisions on an emotional level. People make decisions based on how they feel. We then often backtrack and come up with the rationalizations and the logic to defend the emotional decisions that we've made. It wasn't necessarily a rational decision to go, I want this fancy car, and that's coming from someone with a minivan 
swagger wagon. <laughs> uh, it's instead right, two kids. Nice. The, the doors don't bang into the ones next to us. That's why. But it's where in that experience, it's not about what I can suggest to that person. It's instead by listening to them and feeding it back, which then later on down the road, what are we doing here? I call this making deposits into that pacing bank. I am collecting information. I am gathering knowledge. And then when it's the appropriate time to now transition from that sort of consultation intake process to then from there, simply feedback something you've said, feedback something else you've said, feedback something else you said, do that two to three times. And now the next thing out of my mouth is going to be some sort of leading suggestion. Here's an example of that. And you can write the rest of this dialogue in your mind easily based on this. <laughs> Let's uh, let's let's do this in real time and role play it. What would okay. be name name someone's business? Something that they would do, and we'll make it work for that one. Okay. Um, oh shoot, I'm trying to think what he actually does. Okay, um, custom homes. My friend builds okay. custom homes. Yeah, I love that category. I've, I've worked with several people. There's some people in my business influence systems program in that in that world. That the issue there. Let's just talk that market briefly, just because I'm a little bit more aware of that. The fact that they're looking around in the market and what they're seeing on like the MLS listings, what they're seeing on homes or Zillow, those various websites, they have a specific thing in their mind and they're not seeing it. So having a custom home is the obvious solution, which most people don't know this usually runs about the same price of buying quote a used house. So there, there's a little bit of market knowledge, which will be helpful for this, which this would all be stuff I would have picked up by listening to the person or just simply knowing the market. So you've mentioned that you're looking to have a separate in-law suite. That way your grandparents have a separate entrance for their home. And part of the goal is also having separate hookups for washers and dryers. That way it's their own separate area. And down the road, making sure that has a separate entrance because later on, years down the road, they're in their 90s, that eventually could perhaps become some sort of Airbnb space which probably means that you're looking at jumping into a custom home pretty soon, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not even selling a house. We got two hits. <laughs> <laughs> which the way that works is feedback a truth, feedback a truth, feedback a truth, make a suggestion. Oh, okay. And I can yeah. do the science behind it or the emotional science behind it. So we're kind of riding that momentum. This is kind of that... I don't want to say it's not like, or it's even metaphorically the next door neighbor of, it's kind of in the same mindset of a yes set. But the difference is the yes set typically is, hey, you want a car? Yes. You want something for your family? Yes. And we're engaging that. I am going for that unconscious buy-in by not necessarily the influential things that I can say, but instead the influential things that I have now listened to and then just simply feedback. Here's another example. So you've mentioned that um, you're looking to, um, you know, get your car, uh, get this antique car renovated because you want to have it for these custom events where you can often use it for meet and greets, or even like your friend have that car available for movies as well, which is why I'd probably recommend this program with this service because that's going to satisfy that exact result. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even selling that service, and you're probably not even looking for it, but you're seeing we get swept up into the momentum of that. Oh, yeah. Emotional influence is very powerful. I mean, yes, yeah. 
Like, and, and again, the best influence we could ever make use of is what we're picking up from the other person by simply listening, two ears, one mouth, and then gathering that information and not just listening for the sake of shutting up and thinking of the next, the next thing to say, mm -hmm. but instead listening from the perspective that now there's something to be obtained and everything, here's the mindset, everything is an asset that I can now use later. Oh, yeah, it's true. Exactly. It's all good right. ammunition, you know? People think let's, of usually... let's say nutrition rather than ammunition because that has a different connotation. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? But people always think of like ammunition used against somebody. People are like, oh, you know, you only tell. I was doing an interview with a guy named Trav, and he's like, you know, you can tell your story, but make sure you tell it to people who have earned your trust. Well, in this case, you know, it's not necessarily ammunition like because people think oh ammunition you know use it against somebody blah, 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 you know but you can also use things to um you know to help the person out right if somebody tells you a story and they've gained your trust then obviously they you know you can use it to uh better their life kind of like what, what, what you're doing right you know which again i always swing back around to the ethical principles of this because the beauty of this is we are breaking out of just simply a direct response style of marketing as in, Hey, I have this thing. Mm -hmm. It's 800 bucks. If you want it, come talk to me. It, it's instead we're building this system, not just for the prospect, the potential buyer, but also for us that if things are ever not in that alignment, if things are not meshing, that's where we're going to pick that up pretty early. And we have a respectful way to then back out of the sales process. You know, I, I give an example. So a lot of what I do, whether it's one-to-one -one consulting or whether it's people in my business influence systems program. In that world, I had a person reach out a while ago and as we were having conversations about what's working in your business, what needs adjustment in your business, everything was coming back around to the fact that uh, he built his own website in 2003. Oh, oh. man. Enough said, which um, yeah. the sexiest of HTML coding he could find from the HTML for Dummies book, which is not how you do it nowadays. So <laughs> no. al along the way, he did actually end up going through my program and making use of that in terms of the writing for his website, the copy in terms of how he scripted out things for his videos. But really his initial need was to find a graphic designer to basically uh, make the website look it was... Uh, look like it was from this year. <laughs> oh, right. wow. That's where I, I had to just pose the question to go, which is a bigger priority to you? Getting your messaging and branding right or having the visual image that supplements that? And he answered it perfectly. He goes, well, the problem is I've just kind of hired designers for things like, you know, flyers or business cards over the years, but they designed things for what the designer thought was good. And it was because I didn't yet know what I needed. So it was that combination of approach of what he was doing inside of the community of what I share, as well as now he understood what his USP, unique selling proposition was, or as we like to call it, secret sauce. He knew why he stood out in that market. He knew why he was no longer just a commodity, someone else who provided a similar service. He was able to highlight exactly what his brand was, which then made him even better prepared to then communicate with a designer and look at it and go, no, that's not what I do. This is what I do. And actually now vocalize that in a way that I, I teach this as the second step of a video uh, influence strategy that I share, which is that step one I've already talked about, that pattern interrupt. 
The second mm -hmm. step is to invite people into a movement, which is that simplest of transition. It's not that I sell this service, I sell this product. It's instead, I'm on a mission for people to realize that they can become even more influential in their business so people are ready to take action with them even before they take an offer. Other examples of this. I'm on a mission to help people not only reduce their tax payments by paying way too many taxes on things they're not responsible for, but even better retain their money so it's there for their retirement or even their kids' college education. I'm on a mission to help people you know, not just have photos of their weddings, but to have photos that truly tell a story of the event. And, mm -hmm. and by using either one of two phrases, I'm on a mission or I believe you've now taken yourself out of a salesman delivery. You've now positioned yourself as the leader of a movement that now people want to be a part of that. They are drawn into that. And again, they begin to sell themselves on the importance of it. And as soon as you've done that, it's not a factor as to, yeah, but the guy down the road is charging a lesser fee. Oh yeah, but if I buy it over here, I, I get something similar. You are now different, you are now memorable, you now stand out, you are clearly the right choice. Yeah, I got a question about that because I see that a lot, like I'm on a mission, you know, but you don't don't connect the psychology. Now, like there's a lot of people copy that. Now, even though there's a lot of people who use that same terminology, the, the brain I take it doesn't even, register that for most people like okay there's four people that said i'm on a mission because we hear that used a lot so does the brain just discard that a lot of time you think or well i think we, we can definitely talk about that as here we are in october of 2020 where back to march when everything suddenly became very different as a global pandemic kicked in we started to become a little bit immune to the we're all in this together uh, mm -hmm. In this new normal, some of those buzz yeah. phrases that were used at the beginning of all of this, I think I think the bigger issue, market saturation of a specific message, I would say is one factor. I think the bigger factor is that it has to come from a place of sincerity. Okay. It has to be something absolutely true. It, it can't be that you know, here's, I, I can look online, I have, you know, I host the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast and I can look at the analytics for that and go, oh, cool, this many people listen to it today. And if I ever go to that mindset of reducing people down to numbers, which takes effort as somebody who runs a business online to not do because it's very often faceless and all I have is their credit card number and their email address sometimes, but instead mm -hmm. to always connect that there's another person on the end of that message. There's another person listening to that, and the fact that they're now hearing it may be their specific turning point, may be their specific place where suddenly now the old model of the world doesn't work. And instead now, here's that turning point to completely change things up. So I, I think, again, the, the saturation of a message is a tinier factor there. The bigger issue is that it's got to be congruent. It's it's got to be true, and if it isn't, chances are you might be in the wrong line of business. <laughs> true, <laughs> true. I agree. I agree. Or when you ever get tired or burned out, it might be just time to, you know, pass the pass the saddle along to somebody else or hang it up. You know. Well, I'd say mm -hmm. I've, um, you know, I, I I host my own podcast. I've been on a bunch of others, and uh, hey, here's the world premiere of a story. I don't think I've ever told on one. 
Okay. We're first. Yay. Buckle up. So in in college, (laughs) actually, let's rewind part of the story back. As a teenager, I had a hobby of doing like sleight of hand magic. And just, I would find every book that I could find in the subject. And I even went to like competitions and won. And just over time, and and the thing that got me out of that was that there was this need for exposition. I have here a pack of cards and no one carries cards with them. <laughs> I'm going to do a trick with coins, but no, I can't, I can't borrow your coins and do it with your coins. I'm carrying around these 1890s American Morgan silver dollars. Why? Because those are the right size and I can actually palm those coins so you can't see them. So there was this need for exposition. And at the end of the day, it's all based on a lie that I am tricking you. I am saying something uh, that's not necessarily true. And and I was going through that frustration when I was in the audience seeing a stage hypnosis show, the comedy entertainment stuff for the first time. And suddenly something clicked to go, hey, this is pure. There, there's no secrets. It's all language. Um, in fact, here's the historical anecdote. Uh, there was a committee of, quote, learned gentlemen, to use the proper terms of the day, that uh, Franz Anton Mesmer, someone being mesmerized or mesmerism, Mesmer was a genius for one reason. He slapped his name on something that already existed. So you fast forward 100 years later, it was then renamed as hypnosis to, in some way to not give him all the credit. He did, and he was a medical doctor. Yet the the people who were studying him, because he had a problem, he was way too damn effective and people weren't going to the other doctors hmm. and they oh, were getting yeah. jealous. Uh, he had, side story to this, he had a premise that it was this natural magnetism, which that, that part was disproven. However, there was one researcher on the team who was going, no, 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 it's not, it's not the props that he's using. It's the way he's sequencing the language. It's the way that he's communicating with people and building new expectations and inviting their curiosity to work in a new direction. And they said to this man over in France, uh, well, thank you. You disproved the magnet thing, and that's all we needed from you. Get back on a boat and go back to the USA. That man was Benjamin Franklin. So wow. I know, yeah. So it was actually a bit of a godfather in terms of calling out the linguistics. So, so back on track to the magic, though, there was no secrets. It was all just communication and that's what drew me into the hypnosis then got even more excited as i realized people in business can use these same methods for greater impact not just in their financial careers but also for their clients so from the magic though in college i designed and i wrote and i pitched a whole magic of reading show to a major theme park and they bought it and this was this was a design contract. This was something in terms of production. And it was only by way of mistake of communication, they go, hey, this is fantastic, Jason. When are you going to go in for the costume fitting? And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, well, when are you going to go in for the costume fitting? And it, up until now, in my head, I had designed a magic show that did not require sleight of hand. It was all special apparatus that one could buy from a magic shop so an actor could learn the show, which the end of the story first uh actors did the show for a few years even after i i left it and the reason i bring this up though was that first day of the park uh it was a 20 minute show and i did it eight times a day six days a week i'm so boring now well well, here's the catch they said whatever you do don't count your shows 
Yeah. So of course, what did I do? You counted your shows. I counted my shows. I had a dry erase board. I kept track like 428, I think, by the time the summer was done. I learned an incredible lesson from that. And this is helpful for those that, you know, in your business, you might end up saying the same things to everybody. They might have the same frequently asked questions. I never burned out in that performance, though. Every Mm. performance was fresh because it wasn't about the words that I was saying. It wasn't about the individual magic tricks that I never intended to do myself because that was my mistake. Uh, They made a nice financial offer and I said, oh yeah, sure, Uh, cleared away my schedule. But it was because instead it was always about the communication to the audience. So this is what I say if, you know, I I can give away here, I can point to the strategy on my website that teaches a seven step system for influential videos and that's free over at jasonlinette.com. And it's where as soon as we start to do that, some people would go, oh, but I'm not good on camera. To which the response is, okay, good. Because it's not about you being on camera. It's about you looking down the barrel of that lens and imagining that is that one person that if they don't hear your message, they're going to be stuck in whatever conflict your business helps them to resolve. So again, from an ethical perspective, it Mm. becomes a responsibility. How dare you not tell that story? How dare you not make that offer? And from that, the fear naturally drops away because now it's about facilitating a conversation. Now it's about solving someone's problem. Now we're only educating and informing as opposed to what people's expectations would be of what I share of, oh, that's a sales strategy, that's marketing. No, we're logically leading to the next step in a way that before we make the offer, they're ready to take action. Exactly, exactly. A lot of times I think um, I heard this from other business owners, I'm sure you have too, is a lot of times you can talk yourself out of a sale too. You have somebody that's perfectly re- ready, eager to buy, they, they want, you know, you know, like give me, take my money, right? But because you talk too much or you try to oversell, you miss out on a sale that way too. Well, similar to that too, is that maybe they have some sort of entry level program. And what happens is as soon as they get the hint of a yes, as soon as they can smell the money, <laughs> now they start to try to offer everything else. And I, I teach this in sort of the applications of these principles to upselling, which would be that only ever now make that offer of the next thing when there's already a confirmation of the first thing. And I, I made that mistake in my business many years over of going, hey, they want this one thing, but I'm also realizing they might also be helpful to get in this other thing. And I'd respond to them. And instead of responding to the one specific thing they're looking for, I would offer them anything and everything. They would now be on overwhelm and the Mm. financial aspect of what what was previously maybe $3 signs is now becoming in the mid fours. Now they're in overwhelm. They're going, oh, no, I'll think about it. So Mm. get the yes first. Go for again. Dr. Leo Marvin, baby steps. Uh, get the <laughs> easiest win first and then logically lead to the next step. Makes sense. Yeah. So my, that's kind of the last one to wrap everything up. So, and this is, I, I saw this, uh, uh, one of your questions I could ask you is, uh, is it possible to hypnotize yourself? And I've always wanted to know to this. Yeah, I've been question. dying to ask it too. I'm like, for the last 40 minutes, I'm like, I got to get that in there before we wrap <laughs> up. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so there's there's two answers to this. One would be that yes, there is a there are many different formal techniques of self hypnosis. 
which let me define hypnosis in the simplest way possible, which would be that the hypnotic state is that moment where the internal representation can now carry more meaning than the external reality, which when you hear that, it sounds technical, but we can now identify that there are states of mind that we get into that are hypnotic without necessarily formally doing a professional process of hypnosis. You're driving your car. You're thinking of everything other than driving your car. You still end up where you would like to go. You're watching a movie. Oh, you know they're all yeah. actors dressing up and pretending. The movie What About Bob will never be the same to you, thanks to this conversation. <laughs> Thank you. Um, oh, yeah, I know. It's a good film. It stands up. But you're watching that, and we know it's all fiction, but we get swept back into the story of it. We'll, we'll look at this as an example, though, as to when we find ourselves at a conflicting moment that uh, I know my business can change people's lives. Yet instead, I'm telling myself the story of, but what if they don't like it? Well, what if it's not for them? What if they hate me? And here's that disconnect. So this is where we can identify where our focus is. And in a very non-formal way, if it is to even just kind of bring that attention inside and start to change that story. If it's a matter of going inside and imagining a different situation, that's hypnotic. The, the bigger answer inside of the business influence strategies that I teach is to instead not just think of hypnosis as a process, but think of it as a way of life. We are always influencing, we are always persuading, and the strongest influence we could ever apply are the words we speak to ourselves. You, you want the simplest self-hypnosis in one sentence? Sure. Mm -hmm. Talk about question. what you want rather than what you don't want. You'll get there a lot faster. Ah, oh, okay, I want a million dollars. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I want a million dollars. Yeah, thanks. Does anybody just want to like donate it to me? Nice. Well, let's let's take that though. And again, we have to apply action to it. Uh, I always go back to again. The longer we chat, the more specific and rare the uh, references get. We've covered Shakespeare. Let's now go back to In Living Color, which was on Fox in the nineties. And I think I failed a course on Shakespeare in high school. Yeah, I think I took. So I let's stick with the Jim Carrey reference. Yeah, then. it'd probably they, be they, better. They, yeah, yeah, and that's, what, a, and that's what Americana show. knows, right? That's what. They, yeah, <laughs> they did a sketch on the show, which was back in the nineties, poking fun of the one uh, nine hundred you know telephone psychic numbers. <laughs> oh, and Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey's character is this like country bumpkin guy who goes, my psychic told me I'd win the lottery and quit my job. Hey, today I quit my job, I'm halfway there. <laughs> so <laughs> something changes in our languaging when we start to then put action to our words as to what actions will I be taking to earn a million dollars. Now we've got mm -hmm. something we can grab a hold of. Otherwise, we're just throwing darts. And yes, I know that gotcha. this is not how darts birds work, but it's not sticky. <laughs> well, I can buy the, the lottery tickets. I just need somebody to give me the winning lottery numbers. That's all. Which does bring about the time I was doing an assembly for a high school. I show up and the front desk receptionist goes, oh, the hypnotist is here. He's going to give us the winning lottery numbers. Oh, and all, I could, gee. all I can think to say is you have no idea what I do, do you? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're yeah, you're a hypnotist. You're not a psychic, and you know, a lot of psychics are frauds. So you got to be careful. Well, it's about helping people to put the right words in the right order to change not just their own influence of others, but that personal influence inside of themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree to that. <laughs> wow, I got a lot to think about tonight. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. So anything you want to, um, in closing, anything you want to touch on? Any? I always kind of open up the mic to 
to the uh, to the guests and ask them, hey, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you you know? Just kind yeah, of I'd share up? two easy things to check out to uh, let you have the experience and learn some strategies you can start to use. One would be that I do the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast that comes out every week. Everywhere you can track down podcasts, everywhere you can, uh, even on YouTube, we produce it as a video program as well. A uh, bunch of episodes that are already out, including some uh, folks like Pat Flynn, who's known in the uh, podcasting world quite well. Uh, Hypnotic Language Hacks is where you can check that out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, all the places such as that. The other would be, I mentioned the video strategy that I teach. This is actually a, a free workshop that I give away to people over on my website. It's called the Video Influence System. And if you head over to jasonlinette.com, which I'll spell it easily, remember there's one N and two T's and nothing <laughs> extra at the end. Yeah, it'll but be in the show notes too. The so. truth is that you can actually take a good guess at jasonlinette.com and uh, I own all the misspellings and they all point to the right place. <laughs> oh, that's funny. L-I-N-E-T-T, jasonlinette.com. As soon as you're there, you'll see an opportunity to grab that video influence system. That's a free workshop. It teaches a tested and proven seven-step system to, in a short while, deliver your, deliver your message with impact so people are ready to take action before you make the offer. And that's that's for free over at jasonlinette.com. Great. Have a great day, Jason. Yeah, Jared, yep, Tiffany, sure. thanks for having me.